All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm here today with Jenny Miller, who is an intuitive guide and healer, and it's such a pleasure to have you. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Melissa, for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Now, um, tell us, where in the world are you calling from? Squamish, British Columbia. Right. So, okay. So how long have you been there? I know you've moved fairly recently. Yes. So my husband and I, we lived in Vancouver, British Columbia for about 12 years. I'm originally from British Columbia. My husband's from Ontario. And in the last year, so we moved up here last August uh, to Squamish and we love it. Amazing. And how did that come about? Was that just like a a decision that you guys all of a sudden came to? Was it something that you felt kind of coming for a while? Or how did that happen? You know what? I don't know how it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you know what? It was, we decided to put our condo on the market and just see what happens. So we just finished a big renovation in our uh, loft space in Mount Pleasant. And we were like, okay, let's just see what happens. Uh, You know, we had quite a year last year, everyone. Um, And we didn't really know what the market was doing. And we were just like, let's just wing it. Let's just see, can we sell this? Can we, you know, and we were looking at perhaps still staying in Vancouver. uh, But we were like, hmm, you know what? Squamish would be pretty cool. It's something that we thought about doing years prior, but I had always worked uh, really close uh, to where I lived in Vancouver. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do the commute, but this past year with COVID and uh, with me being able to work from home, I was like, why don't we just take a look and see what's up there? So we did. And of course we fell in love with a place and we were like, you know what? This is the right time to do it. We were both really seeking a little bit more quiet because we were obviously right in the city and um, we wanted to be close to nature uh, and just a change of pace, change of lifestyle. Uh, my husband and I no longer really like we we used to go out for lots of dinners and do the restaurant things. And back when we used to drink, we would, you know, be interested in like going to the breweries and all those awesome, fun things that Vancouver offers. But we no longer needed that. And then obviously with COVID, things started to really shut down anyway that we were like, you know what? The simple life is the good life. Well, it's amazing. I think, you know, it just something about that move when you made it, I was like, oh, it just feels very inspired and it feels very guided, you know, so it's, yeah, it's good to hear that it's been, you know, such a positive experience for you guys and that it it feels like, I feel like it must feel like home already. It felt like home right away. It's just so Mm -hmm. hard to explain. And, uh, you know, I think at first when, you know, we were in that transition still in Vancouver, I was like, kind of nervous, obviously, because even though it's really not that far away, it does feel a little bit further, you know, like you're up in the mountains. And I originally grew up in Maple Ridge. So I have, you know, friends out there. And uh, some of my or my dad lives in Mission and all that kind of thing. But um, 
my mom had recently moved to, to Surrey. So I was like, you know what, we're all kind of spread out. It's mm-hmm. fine. It's really not that far. But uh, I had never, you know, being in Vancouver for 12 years, never made such a big move, but mm-hmm. it felt like home right away. And there's just something to say about all the nature that we have here. And I just feel like completely immersed in it, which is really been super healing for me as well. I can imagine. Yeah, there's something about, I don't know, there's certain places that you just go and I mean, each each person sort of has their own specific, um, you know, connection to different places. But I definitely know that feeling, you know, when you just you are somewhere and you're like, ah, you could feel like you belong there, you know, so there's something energetically that happens. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. What, what would you say, like, how, or how would you say um, your spiritual journey really started? Like, what is your story? Yeah, for sure. Uh, So I would say that I was a highly sensitive psychic child. Now looking back, uh, I definitely, I was an only child and I spent a lot of time on my own. And as you could imagine, and I, I remember seeing spirit when I was really little which at the time was kind of freaky. (laughs) Um, But something I else, something that I also remember is that I would have very vivid dreams like that were premonition dreams. So things that would end up occurring in the collective actually, as well as on a smaller scale, I would, I would have these predictive dreams that something was going to happen the next day to my uh, friend at elementary school and and it happened in the exact same spot and things like that. So it seemed to be visiting through through my dreams. Um, and then I think, you know what, life took over, you know, being a kid took over. I think I probably pushed some of it down because it was kind of uh, scary at that point. And my parents weren't necessarily not, uh, they're supportive, but they're not, you know, psychics themselves. Maybe they mm-hmm. are, they just don't know it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I didn't have that encouragement to really go there, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, life went on high school, all those kinds of things. And you know, what really turned it back on for me was actually a trip that I took to New York city and it was right after nine 11 Uh, So the year after, and I was there with my aunt and uncle who took me there, and I remember really feeling the energy there, that there was like a lot of um, spirit energy, and I began to see spirit again. So, and then that really kind of like turned it on. So it's like, as soon as I left New York, I was like, well, you know, maybe it's because of that energy. Maybe it's because I'm staying in old hotels, all those kinds of things. And then it started to still occur, you know, when I was back at home. Um, And I think even then at that point, some of it did still scare me. And um, so, you know, got a boyfriend, all that kind of stuff, did the, the tw- you know, I'm in my 20s, I'm having fun, I'm doing all that kind of stuff. It wasn't at the forefront of my mind to really dig deeper there, you know? I always had an interest, like, I can remember in grade 11 or something asking my my mom for my birthday if I could go see a psychic. Like, I wasn't like your... <laughs> 
<laughs> I wasn't your regular, you know, like, I would like some shoes. I was like, I want to see a psychic. Like, it was always something that I was very interested in. in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I think, you know, what really pushed me back into this area was I was having some like work situations that weren't that great. And I was like, okay, I started to really look at what I really wanted for myself. Like, what was I curious about? What was I interested in? And honestly, like I, I think the first thing maybe I did was I ended up taking this workshop in Vancouver that was about past lives. And I think that really turned it on for me again. I ended up doing like a past life meditation at home afterwards and connecting with some of my past lives. And um, then that pushed me into like taking Reiki, which opened up things for me there. And then I just started to follow what I was curious about. So I got into more coaching modalities because I've always wanted to really help people. Um, And yeah, that's how it kind of started. That's my spiritual journey, I would say. Uh, What really, really probably opened me up was when I quit drinking as well. So that was a big moment in my life. Um, How long ago was that? So that was... It'll be, I'll be three years sober in September. Okay. And I think when I met you, it would have been probably after you, maybe just after you'd taken Reiki and maybe likely it had only been a little while since you had um, maybe made the decision to stop drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So what would you say, like, how has your life changed since then? And what have you noticed about your intuition and your connection since uh, you made that choice for yourself? Yeah, so, you know, I think that when I started to open up to my abilities and really even just start to practice and using them, I was at, when I first started, I was still drinking and I was like, Uh, I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is hindering anything, you know, and and then I'd obviously push, put that guilt on myself. So, uh, you know, I'm sure there are people that it maybe doesn't hinder. I don't, I don't know, but I was like, you know what? It even was stopping me from really fully getting into what I really wanted to do. You know, it was like a procrastination for me. Um, and I, yes. So what really made the difference for me in stopping was that I was able to really, really feel what I had been pushing down for so long. Right. It's totally a numbing tool for me anyways. You know, I can't speak to any, everyone, but, um, I think, likely, you know, obviously I started drinking when I was a teenager, but I, after a while, I think it definitely was because, you know, I'd come home after work or something and not really want to feel (laughs) some of the things that I was feeling or the energy that I was picking up on. Right. And 
So I was numbing a bit and um, it would just sort of help me forget a little bit of how I was feeling. And, you know, not to say that I was like raging drinking (laughs) every night, but yeah, yeah, it was something that I knew that I really wanted to try and stop. And um, yeah, I would say that's the biggest change is like uh, really and dealing with things for myself that I, that I had pushed down. Right. Um, and I think honestly, the more you heal within yourself, the more those abilities actually open up. It's so true. It's so true. And I, I really do see it within my own work. And then also with students that when you are blocking yourself from feeling anything in your physical human life, it will translate into your Uh, how you're working with spirit, how you're working with your faculties and your abilities. So if you're, if you're blocking yourself from feeling something, you're also going to block your clairsentience when you go to use it, um, uh, you know, in that way, like psychically or intuitively, whatever. So it is sort of this, this thing that I think we all come to that we all realize, oh, so many mediums and so many natural intuitives are, they do struggle with some kind of, um, issue like that with numbing, whether it's sugar, um, spending, alcohol, drugs, like so many people who are sensitive and intuitive do struggle and it with those things because we feel so much <laughs> all of the time and it can be absolutely overwhelming. So I think it's very normal and natural. You know, most people that um, are listening, I think will relate to having had that experience of wanting to numb in some way, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, it, you know, it makes perfect sense. And it's also, of course, as we're doing this podcast, there's like a, a huge uh, city truck. I don't know if they're street sweeping. Um, I'm very sorry about <laughs> this background noise, but everyone who listens knows that this is not like pristine recording environment. It's just like it's what it is. Um, but what I was going to say is that, um, yeah, it's interesting when you look at those things that you're not facing in the physical life, the human life. Mm-hmm. And once you once you sort of get a handle on it and you kind of look at it and you have the courage like you've done to to just like face it, I feel that it opens something for you spiritually. You know, so all of a sudden it's like the path is a little bit clearer when you go to use all of this um, intuition and all this stuff. So it's it's I think a, an important piece of it. So I really am glad that you're open to sharing with other people about it because I think it's it's very helpful for people to know. You know that there is there is that possibility to yeah to look at those things. And also, I do know, like, there's a, I can't remember, I think her name is Noreen uh, Rainier or something. She's in the States. And uh, she's written a few books. And she actually, um, she one is called A Mind for Murder. It's very interesting. It's an amazing read. But she used to do, she didn't realize she was psychic. And she kind of happened upon finding it out and everything. And she ended up working with the FBI at some point to help um with like solving, solving different uh, like criminal cases, like murders and things like this. And she, she would describe in this book how she would like have herself some red wine and tune in. And I was always like, isn't that fascinating? Because for her, it relaxed her enough that she could get into that zone. Mm -hmm. But for me, I find that um, 
since I started working, you know, especially professionally and stuff, I, I would rarely, I mean, have a drink or two every once in a while, but it's certainly not something that I could do, um, before, ever before tuning in or working, like never, like I just wouldn't, couldn't do it. But also, um, I find that I'm actually quite sensitive to other people drinking. So when I do like say group readings and stuff like that, lots of people, of course they think, Oh, it's going to have like a readings. People want to have a few drinks beforehand and kind of get like relaxed. I actually realized that I had to tell people, please don't because it makes it for me anyway, 10 Mm -hmm. times harder to do the readings for people who have um, any kind of alcohol in their system. So I always say like, please just not, before or during after is whatever do what you want to do but yeah. <laughs> and it's not a judgment I'm not like sometimes I think people think that it's like a spiritual thing that I'm like oh, <laughs> if they drink and I'm like no I I understand like have some drinks have fun but just makes it that much more difficult for me to connect and I I know other psychics and mediums who say it's no big deal they'll do events at like wineries and stuff and like no problem but for whatever reason I'm super sensitive to it and it just doesn't work for me well, that makes sense too, because you would think that it's possibility that something is blocked. And if you are quite clairsentient, like I'm yeah. sure you are and I am, that we are picking up on that energy instead of what the other stuff we need to, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. It kind of, to me, it becomes cloudy. Yes. The energy is cloudy and it's just kind of like, ugh, the, the vibration to me just feels too muddled it feels too low and I'm like oh it just makes it that much more difficult so yeah it's very interesting how it's different yeah different for different people yeah for sure exactly and that's you know I I don't want to be like the poster person for saying like you have to be sober to do this work of course not like you know to each their own and I definitely never judge anyone for their choices mm-hmm. but I knew that it was the best thing for me and it's worked yeah. the best for, for me that way yeah. yeah no that makes perfect sense yeah totally what about I know that you I know that you did experience the loss of your dog um recently so how how has that been like how have you found that you've been able to um cope and go through like that grief and what have you you know what's been happening since then yeah so I lost my dog Maggie in May of last year uh she was 16 year 16 years old which oh my gosh we were so lucky to have her that long uh I met Maggie when I met my husband. So, um, my husband had had her already for a few years. Um, but I had the privilege, you know, of spending, I think it was like nine of her years with her. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had, you know, had childhood dogs growing up, but Maggie was just very, very special to me. And, um, you know, I had left my corporate job in, I guess it would have been 2019. Yes. In, in the summer. And I was able to at least spend that last bit of her life, like with her, you know, and be at home. And that was really important to me. Uh, she was, I would say like my angel, my, you know, my, earth angel, my soul dog. I I mean, I loved her so much. She was a very good dog and she had really slowed down in that last year. So, you know, she needed extra attention and, um, 
Yeah, it was extremely hard for my husband and I. We don't have kids, so, you know, our dog was our our pal and um uh it was really really hard, like to the point that I, you know, I think we both had trouble getting out of bed, like it was very difficult. I think what really helped us was having each other and um and you know what we did to get through that grief was we would walk a lot so we would just you know even at the end of Maggie's life she couldn't really walk that far but we we're like okay let's just we just went for walks like all around downtown Vancouver and like up main street and through the different neighborhoods and um just to move the grief you know and it did help and we ended up receiving a lot of signs for her when we were out in nature doing that. And that was very um, nice for us. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, I, I know some people might be like, well, it's just an animal, but. <laughs> oh, but so profound. That, that bond yeah. and that grief is so profound. And I find that sometimes people expect that because you have this ability to connect with spirit, that it would be easier and I don't think it is. I think that grief is just as painful and, and tremendous um, for us as it is for anyone else. I, I think, that, you know, we're blessed that we, we do have a, a knowledge of the afterlife, you know, and a, and a and knowing that, you know, they're okay. And, you know, we know all that stuff. But the actual pain and the loss, I think, remains just the same. Absolutely. I mean, of course, like I know that I can you know, connect with her and that she's all always around, but you know, you still miss them earth side, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to touch their fur and all those kinds of things. And yeah, it's, I still, uh, you know, feel sad when I think about it. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I can, you know, I really, really miss her. Um, So yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, even I was, my husband and I were afraid to get another dog because first of all, you're like, oh, I don't, you know, I can't replace her and I never will be able to, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we spent some time without a dog and we were just really missing that energy in our life. So we ended up, uh, getting a puppy in, I guess it would have been September, so uh, we have a little puppy, Rooney. She is almost nine months old now. And uh, quite the difference going from a 16-year-old dog to this little puppy. And, <laughs> and you know, I spent the first couple weeks with her because my husband was working quite a bit. And, oh, my gosh, I was like, what did we do? <laughs> because she was just yeah, biting me all the time and all this kind of stuff. But oh my gosh, it's it's honestly so much fun. And, you know, having her up here with us and being in nature just gets us out. And it's nice to have that energy again in our lives. So yeah. Beautiful. beautiful. And do you recall some of the signs that Maggie has, has brought to you guys? Yes, I do. Um, so on our walk... I had asked to see 
it was just a simple thing. I want to see a heart. And literally, like I had that thought in my head and maybe two steps or, you know, a few steps in front of me, there was um, an Ace of Hearts card just on the sidewalk. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, Oh my gosh, there are so many. And then my husband and I, I think it was literally the same day and we were sitting at a park nearby and he starts hearing this conversation through someone else. Like, you know, we're standing at in front of a food truck and this person's like, Oh, here's my dog. And, um, so when my husband first got Maggie, he adopted her and she had a different name and I'm even going to forget it right now. But, uh, this person was talking about this dog and he referred to this dog as Maggie's like name that she was uh-huh. born with. You know what I mean? And it was, and she even looked like Maggie cause we could see him showing this photo of her on his phone. Oh my yeah. So just like things like that. And then, we would walk a little further and I saw this like odd things, Melissa, but it's just so cool. Of course, you know, is like this huge red heart all done in rose petals that someone just did on the road. <laughs> I, think I saw you post a picture of that. I was yes. like, oh, and it's like how beautiful and just so perfect that you think about it. You could have turned a different down a different street. You could have gone a different way. You could have, you know, not gone even for a walk that day. But everything kind of aligned so that you could come upon that heart in the flower petals, like in that moment. Yeah, it was it was wild, and and my husband is like still like you know he's a little skeptic sometimes, but he was just like, nah, this is like for real. This is. <laughs> This wow. is so cool. So yeah, we had honestly, we had so many more. He wanted, he picked his own sign, my husband, because he's like, okay, well, I need a sign. And and he was like, I wanted to be a rabbit. And then sure enough, you know, we turn the corner and there's like a graffiti of this rabbit. And then um we were at the driving range one day and I decided to walk across the street and I see this like an actual rabbit, which I never really see. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah see those out too much in no (laughs) especially mm, across from the driving range totally yeah and it was funny because I literally when I was walking I was I was thinking about Maggie and I was like oh I it was almost like I could feel her right beside me and then I'm like what's that little thing in the bush like oh it's that's a bunny's butt like (laughs) amazing I mean these are the things that I think we're just so blessed to recognize as signs to know that they're with us and I always think how much energy and how much like um how much expertise it must take on their part to be able to have us notice these signs in those moments you know so it's definitely it, it goes to show that care and that love like they're still pouring all of that into us you know to get us yes. to recognize oh wait a minute this is this is a little token of love you know yeah and you know what we so needed it you know at that point because we were just so deep in our sadness with it and it just like really made us feel good and and exactly she went to the effort to do that for us and it feels really special mm-hmm. yeah definitely and I mean no doubt it'll it'll continue you know that's yeah. that kind of 
bond and that kind of love, I just feel like it, it's forever, you know? So yeah. we're, yeah, it's, it's seeing the, the blessing of that connection. And I think the deeper the love, I mean, the deeper the grief, it's just, it's sort of, they go hand in hand, you know? So it's, it is a, a difficult thing to navigate, but um, I love that you have that continued, continued connection with her. Yeah. Um, what about your work? Like, I, would you tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing? Like what you're, what you're into these days, what you're offering? Yeah, for sure. So I do a few things and sometimes it is hard to put it into, you know, one sentence (laughs) before we started recording. And I'm like, I always like to ask people how you want to be introduced because I find it's hard to put a label. It's hard to put a label on what we do. Totally. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, it it is. And find a title that fits all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I would say in a sentence, I inspire and help people connect with who they truly are at the core, really. And I do that through a few different modalities. Um, I offer packages which include astrology, uh, breath work, and intuitive guidance and business guidance. And um, yeah, so I do... Uh, breathwork sessions that are just amazing for really, you know, um, removing some blocks and that uh, connecting with yourself on a deeper level through astrology and breathwork and all the things that I offer. So yeah, that's a little bit about what I do. Cool. And I find that it's so fascinating. I'm really intrigued by the breath work. Like I'm super interested in my, just personally, like I feel like there's something about that that feels very powerful as a practice. And how would you say it differs from like, say your average, uh, you know, say like a guided meditative experience uh, as opposed to like a breath work kind of session? Yeah. So the type of breath work that I facilitate is called pranayama, which originated in India. And yes, it is very different than a guided meditation. It definitely takes you way deeper, um, depending on, you know, how much you get into it. And and it is called breath work after all. Um, Yeah. So, you know, people experience it differently. Uh, For me, the first breathwork session that I had was extremely powerful and it can vary depending on, you know, what you're going through in your life and what you need at that moment. I do truly believe and trust that you always get, no matter what kind of session, what you need in that moment, um, as you know, and, um, yeah, so breathwork, really helps you get beyond the analytical mind, which I think, you know, we all need (laughs) from time to time. Yeah. So it helps you get, you know, past the ego and just open up to more clarity and really connect with who you truly are and move, you know, stuck emotions within your body, uh, whether it be something physical that's in your body, uh, mental. Um, As an example, one of the breathwork sessions that I did, I used to have a plantar fasciitis, which is like that pain on the bottom of your feet. Mm -hmm. 
And I did breath work and it literally went away after that, which was like before that I couldn't do anything to have it go away. I was going for like electric shock therapy on the bottom of my feet. Wow. Yeah. So some people experience it from more, I would say sometimes um, men might experience it from a more like sports perspective. It helps them move uh, physical ailments within the body. Um, And it can also, you know, what happens is when your body has any kind of trauma, you basically store emotions within your body, right? Because your body basically goes into shock and you stop breathing. If you think about those moments where something happened to you very quickly, it's likely that we forgot to breathe and we kind of, you know, so what breath work does is it helps you really tune into those spots and start to move some of those stored emotions. So like I say, it can kind of vary what you're connecting with. And, um, you know, sometimes people have visuals, sometimes they might hear things or, or um, just feel things within their body, like tingling. Um, but, uh, you know, you leave and you feel a lot more clarity. And I think what happened for me is that I had seen such Uh, transformation come out of what I was doing from it that I was like, I need to offer this to people. Definitely. Well, it's, it certainly makes sense, you know, because when I read for people, lots of times it does come up that they are literally holding their breath through life. Like they are not, it's like shallow breaths or they're not able to even take a deep breath sometimes. And I think it has to do with that bracing for the worst like almost living in that impending doom like just waiting for the next trauma to mm-hmm. and so to give yeah to facilitate some kind of um uh you know session where you can help people to reconnect back to their breath and back to themselves i think that makes perfect sense yeah that's amazing a beautiful yeah beautiful modality to work with and mm-hmm. then i mean astrology i think that is absolutely fascinating. I feel like it, it overwhelms me sometimes, though, because I'm super fascinated and I'm super intrigued and interested in it. But when I actually go to like think about even learning more, like I know some basics, but that's about it. But like when I think about learning more, I'm just like it actually boggles my mind because I feel there's so much. Like there's you could get so deep into it. Um, but it's yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. So I think yeah, blending having that you know within um, what you're offering is super super exciting as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there there is definitely you could go down the rabbit hole of astrology forever. <laughs> really. It's just, wow, like it's amazing. But what I like about it though too, what I think really appeals is that I feel like the work that we do as intuitives, sometimes, I mean, yes, there's obviously things that we can give that is it's evidential and whatever, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes some of the things that we're, we're giving are very much our impression of something. It's the mm-hmm. energy that we're feeling and we're putting that into words and it's an interpretation. I kind of feel like, ooh, with astrology, sometimes it's kind of nice because as a reader, you can have something concrete in a way that is like, you could back it up with that. You know, it's like something that is yeah. like tangible. Um, same mm-hmm. with like 
uh, looking at tarot, you know, and stuff like that. I feel that is kind of cool in that, yes, of course, I mean, I can read the tarot intuitively and that's fine. But like the people who actually study it and know it inside out the sort of, um, I guess, traditional way, I just like that sometimes I feel like, oh, it's, it's a little bit of a relief to have something that has that structure because then you're not so much like out there on your own kind of going out on a limb being like, this is what I intuit. <laughs> like it's nice sometimes yeah. these other things that are kind of more tangible for people. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm fascinated by it all, but yeah, sometimes I think, Oh, you know, it's interesting to look at the different, the different ways of working with energy because mm-hmm. the interesting thing is I do feel you could, you know, say, you were going to do like a, a little bit of an astrology reading or, you know, giving some information about someone's, uh, someone's chart. And then I sat there and tuned it intuitively. Likely we would come up with a lot of the same information, yes. but it's kind of cool that like you can kind of come to it from different methods, different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, that's what drew uh, astrology, astrology to me in the first place was that, when I had a reading, someone read my chart, I was like, it actually helped me connect with myself deeper because there's things that I knew about myself or, you know, had been told from psychics or things Mm -hmm. like that. Right. And then when I heard it actually, you know, reiterated back to me through my chart, I was like, oh, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is what I always felt like I should be doing. And it actually shows in my chart, right? So it's like, it just exactly like what you're saying, the energy is still there that you're getting from psychics and intuitives. And, uh, but it really just verifies it in a way, you know, extra confirmation. Yes, I feel also for me, what it does sometimes when I see something, even if it's just like silly, like something on Facebook, that's like, you know, the signs and how they react to this, you know, or the signs in relationships or whatever. And I'm looking at mine as a Gemini. And sometimes it just helps me to go, oh, wait a minute. Like, maybe I'm like this because like, this is who I am. Like, maybe this is not, there's not such, um, I don't know, I think sometimes we can be hard on ourselves and think that there's something wrong with us if we struggle with some area or we're challenged in some way. And then when you see that it's actually something that's, hmm, you know, maybe, uh, maybe part of your, part of your, um, your, uh, your chart, you could yeah. kind of go, Oh, wait a minute. All right. So I maybe don't need to be hard on myself about that. Like, let me look at, you know, okay. Yes. Ways to empower myself, ways to, to work around this challenge, but not feel like it's just something that you've done to create it. Maybe it was always mm-hmm. supposed to be a challenge for you. Yes, exactly. Because I believe, you know, we come to this life to learn certain lessons. And of course, you know, we're not stuck. Like you say, we can, you know, make different choices. We can um, do all those things to, we don't have to sit within certain stuff. But um, yeah, when we look at our chart, we're like, oh, okay. (laughs) I was supposed to go through that kind of thing for a little bit and figure it out, right? So, yeah, yeah. what I find is so cool. Yeah, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. What about challenges? What do you think is like one of the biggest challenges for you within, you know, just the spiritual life or working with energy? What do you What do you find most challenging? Oh, challenging. Um. 
challenging in spiritual life? Um, you know, I guess it probably is like, you know, even with myself, like there, you know, there was still that period of like, you know, when you get an intuitive message for yourself and you're Mm -hmm. like, and I think it is, it's like the human side of me kind of will question some of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, um, say I, like, you know, I maybe get a warning about someone or something in this, the soft intuitive voice that you get. And it's not coming from fear, of course, but it's like your human side will get in there and be like, well, no, you know, maybe they're, they just had an off day, that person. And it's Mm -hmm. not, you know what I mean? Like, there's still that like empathetic side of me that like, wants to think good of everyone or everything. And, you know, so I've, I think that I've had, had to really learn from that. And, and I think, you know, we're always learning to just, uh, learning everything, right? Like I always just think that learning and growing is just a part of who we are. And, um, But yeah, I think I had like, you know, a couple moments even last year where I was like, oh, okay, Uh, Jenny, trust what you're uh, getting for yourself there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I I do. And I do it all the time. You know, (laughs) Uh, really, like, we do know. And we deep down sometimes I think just don't necessarily want to accept what we know sometimes. And so. I think as intuitives, lots of us do tend to fall in love with people's potential yes. or be very drawn to someone's potential because we see them as a soul. We don't really mm-hmm. see people as people all the time. You know, we could see yeah. sort of this, this, you know, broader perspective. And in lots of ways, that's beautiful and wonderful. But in other ways, it does mess with you, I think, because there's a difference between, you know, someone's soul can be absolutely, yes, they're, they've got all this uh, potential and beauty and all this other things, but uh, their human self may not be there yet. You know, their human self maybe still needs to catch up. And so that's one thing that I have noticed with myself and other intuitives that we sometimes get a bit tripped up with that, you know, thinking that, um, you know, it's, it's different than it, than it actually is in reality. Totally. Because we always want to think and see the best, you know, yeah. in people. and, but of course there is duality on this world. And I think, you know, the more we kind of accept that, which, you know, on, on a personal level, I think we do, but when we meet people, we just, yeah, sometimes the ego wants to get in there and be like, ah, nah, your intuition. Yeah. It's like, just ignore it for a minute, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 For, for a sec. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I do. I feel that too. Um, what would you give as advice to say like a budding intuitive, somebody who's just like starting off on their journey? Like what would you advise? Well, I think going back to what I said in the beginning is that, um, that I have found for myself is really the more healing and the more you work on yourself and, you know, being super open to growth and learning and being curious, like follow your curiosities, 
is just like, that's going to open you up to not only your intuition, but just so much more in life. Um, I think that that is a good trait to have just being very curious and, um, you know, and also of course, like follow your intuition and, and trust, you know, trust really is the biggest thing. And the more you do trust, the more intuitive messages you will get and receive. Um, And I think, you know, it is a constant practice of us just trusting in life and our path and whether it is up or down and just knowing that, you know, we are here to learn and grow. And um, yeah, I think you find more clarity the more you work and heal within. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I feel that's why, you know, as I see people embarking upon, you know, like really delving into uh, wanting, you know, they want the abilities, they want to strengthen their abilities. And I always sort of temper it with also the personal growth, you know, personal reflection, looking at the soul as a whole, because mm-hmm. the abilities and all that stuff, I feel like it's almost a a side effect of the growth. Like it's, it's actually the inner growth that I think is, is the point. Um, and you know, we, you know, we can get there different ways, but I, I always sort of advocate for, you know, people really doing the inner work as well. Um, at the same time, I think it's really important and that's where you, it might, to some people, it might seem like, Oh, it takes longer, you know, but but I think it's worth it. You know, it it is definitely worth it. Um, and speaking of curiosity, I know you've got, you've started recent or fairly recently a a new endeavor. So you've got your own podcast going. Is it the curious intuitive? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I just started that at the beginning of this year, I believe it was. Um, Yeah. So I'm just playing around with it, honestly. Like I've been doing some interviews and now I've been, um, most recently, I've uh, been doing what I call channeled activations, which is, is basically a meditation that you can walk with and using that, you know, through the podcast platform and, um, They've been mostly inspired by my own healing within nature. Um, so, yeah, just some shorter little episodes as well as some uh, longer ones. I'd love to have you on too, Melissa. Yeah, and, yeah I'd love to. Awesome. Yeah, so it's called The Curious Intuitive. And, yes, it's on all of the podcasts. All the Good. Yeah. People can – yeah, people will look that up. And then what else – how do they find you on social media? Yeah, so uh, my social media handle on Instagram is at jenny.d.miller. And my website is uh, jennydmiller.com. And Facebook, I'm not really on. So Instagram Mm -hmm. is uh, the place to, to find me. Wonderful. Well, I mean, such a pleasure. Thank you so very much for coming and sharing all of your all of your insight with us. And just nice to catch up. Nice to hear your voice as well. Yeah, thank you so much, Melissa. It's been a real pleasure. And I I love your interviewing style. It's awesome and amazing and have been listening to your podcast for a while too. So yeah, just thank you so much for inviting me on.
Oh, amazing. Well, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a treat. So um, I'll leave you all with that. Thank you so much for listening and for being here. Um, if you want to uh, check out, there is a Facebook group. It's called the Spirit Room Podcast. You can find uh, that on Facebook and request to join and I will let you in. And uh, yeah, just wishing everyone a beautiful day, evening, wherever you are. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep Keep in touch and talk to you guys soon.